What's up, my friends? It's Christine Fierce. I just want to say thank you for listening to our episode of Done Not Perfect. I hope it inspires you to do something new that you've always wanted to try. And when you do, just remember to get it done. It's not going to be perfect at first. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram handle is Christine Fierce. That is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-F-I-E-R-C-E underscore. Reach out to me and let me know what you think of the podcast if you love it. And if you don't, don't worry about it. So I am so excited to talk to you. I just want everyone to know how small the world is because I listened to your episode on Gold Digger and I was just immediately like blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, this chick is so cool. I need to talk to her. And then (laughs) when I was flying to California to work, you were getting your hair done in the same salon I was working in, which is funny because it's a two person, two chair salon. So what are the odds? Yeah. Two chair salon in a, you know, small part of town. So it's pretty, yeah, pretty odd. It was meant to be. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to be here. So do you want to dive on in and tell us about um, you? Sure. Yeah, I am located in San Diego. I was born and raised in New Jersey. So I'm a Jersey girl. I think I came out here about 11, 12 years ago, something like that. But I essentially just started my career in the financial services industry, which was um, just interesting because I think a lot of people that I told if I, you know, in college, if I was interning or something like that, were, were just like, Ugh, why would you, why would you want to do that? And I had so many jobs. I worked a lot of retail. I worked for an insurance company. I was cold calling for a financial company and um, at night. And then there was just something about the financial industry, I think, because it was always changing and every day was different. And I felt like I didn't know anything that I really wanted to immerse myself just with that. I think anybody who's gone from being a student, you know, working, especially when you're working retail, you're up on your feet, you're, you know, talking to different people, you're doing a bunch of little jobs and then having to sit behind a desk for 40 hours. I think that was a rude awakening for me. Like, ah, I got to make sure I like what I'm doing because this (laughs) is tough. You know, you can't just like go take a break whenever you want. And I almost picked up smoking. I had coworkers that were smoking. I'm like, oh, they're going outside every hour for 15 (laughs) minutes. I might might have to get into this. Um, So that's what really attracted me to the industry was every day I went in when I was an intern. And I, I really was like, this is so different. And what is going on? And everything's changing. So I really got into it, but I hit just a lot of roadblocks because I didn't have any experience. And you get that when you're just starting out. If any job you want to go for, that sounds good. Even a lot of times when it says entry level and you get there, you do the interview, you get through the the awkward stuff. And then they're like, well, we're looking for someone with more experience. And, And you're like, well, I don't have any experience. I'm trying to get in there and get started. So there was that component where I was getting entry level jobs, but then I was hitting these roadblocks when I was trying to get promoted into more in an advisory role where I could, you know, sell financial products, just be more involved in the planning process with, with clients because I didn't have any experience. And that was, you know, reasonable at the time. But then I did see a lot of men getting jobs that I wanted that didn't have the experience that I had. So they were even greener than I was coming in, weren't licensed um, and getting these jobs. And I started to you know, that was kind of the first time that I was like, man, this is really, (laughs) there's some challenges here that I'm going to have to deal with. So 
I took a, a job that was 100% commissioned. Um, you know, I think they gave me $2,000 a month for my pay. And if you, you had to cover it with sales, and if you didn't cover it, they would get you that month. But then the next month, you'd have to pay it back. So it oh. was, yeah, for me, it was a true test. I'm like, let me go and see if I can even do this if I like it. And then I'll go kind of fight for the jobs that I want. But before I really go to bat and start, I don't want to say fighting, but aggressively pursuing this, this role, let me see if I, I even have what it takes. And I found success pretty quickly in that. And I really enjoyed it that I was like, okay, this is what I want to be doing. This is where, where I should be. And I kind of fought for some of those jobs to, you know, be at the same table with some of the, my male counterparts, um, and then it kind of just took off from there. I think a lot of what I enjoy doing is purely based on um, education and knowledge and then being able to communicate that to people. And so it kind of just developed the career from there. Yeah, so you work for yourself right now, correct? Right now I'm working for myself. I kind of had to make the, the transition after I had kids because I was traveling for work and um, you know, honestly, there was just a lot of accidents that I saw on the road that looked like they were fatal. And I was just constantly thinking, I remember driving, you know, it's like over 100 miles or something one way and to, to a location I had to work at and my pregnant belly was touching the steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. And I drove by, it was like a six car pile up or something. This big truck had taken all these cars out and they were all down in the ditch and we were all stuck on the freeway, I think for like four hours and, you know, being pregnant, I think I had definitely had to pee. I don't remember what I did, but I, there's no way I could have held my pee. You're um, like, I blacked out. <laughs> yeah, I blacked out and it was so hot out. So people like didn't want to stay in the cars because we were running out of gas, but then you couldn't stand outside because it was like 110 degrees. So it was just not a good situation. And, um, I remember I was sitting there and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, if I were to have been one of those people that just, you know, got hit by this truck and, and died right now, is this really what I want to be doing? Is this working for my life? And it's a tough call to make because with working for a company, you have all the security, you have, you know, a robust retirement plan, you have great benefits, you have, you know, you, when you leave work, a lot of times you get to leave work, you don't have to take it with you. And so there was all these things that I was thinking about, but then really, it was what's realistic for my life now because I'm a different person, you know, than when I was single, not having to worry about that. So I transitioned into an education, education role. I was doing that at the time. And I said, you know what, I just, if I have to, who would hire me in this highly competitive industry where I only want to work certain days and certain time frames based on a baby's schedule? It was like, you know, I get laughed out of the room. Now things are different. I think now if I were to go to the table at a big company as a female, as a minority woman to come in and say, here's what I could do, there'd probably be some wiggle room. But even five years ago, it just, it wasn't, especially in that, that industry. So I do work for myself. I, my company empowered planning is to empower women to make confident financial decisions. And whether that's personal decisions for yourself or business decisions that you have to make financially for your whole company, I work with women, primarily women, um, on kind of a one-on-one -on -one basis now. Yeah, well, I, I love your Instagram posts because I feel like they're friendly and easy to, like, I understand it. Like, it doesn't sound like this crazy jargon that's out of my 
wheelhouse. Yeah, so that no, I. That kind of yeah, I think that it was just frustrating to me when I was building my career. You know, I've been in the industry for I think over 15 years now. Um, but when I was building my career, I was next to my best friends. They're building their careers, whether it's in marketing, whether it was in software sales or, you know, these other areas or medical industry. And I would have these conversations about investing or saving or buying a house. And they would be like, what? I don't, I don't know. What are you talking about? You know, and I would just kind of go through these conversations. They're like, oh, I don't have that. Oh, we don't have. Actually, you do. And we'd go through these, these conversations and, you know, I'd say in our early twenties, maybe we weren't because you're just, you know, I, for me anyway, twenties was so awkward and weird. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be out in the world knowing what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I think, I think that that's you're, insane. You're completely right. Like at 18, it's like, Hey, you're going to be an adult, choose a career for the rest of your life. And at 20, you're still like, uh, what do yeah, I do? I have no idea. Exactly. If a company's like, here's benefits, you're just like, I don't care. Like, well, how many vacation days do I get? You know, you're not really paying attention to those things. We're not. How many martinis it, is it? <laughs> yeah. Like what, what can that, yeah, exactly. What are the freebies that come with it? I worked for a company um, in New York city, a financial company. And they, uh, they had on the 12th floor, I think it was a 12th floor. They had uh, really nice chefs and they would make you all this food and it was so cheap. So when you're in New York, you'd go out to lunch, it'd be pretty expensive. And I think it was like five to $10. And so I was like, Oh, what a nice perk. They, they you have a discounted lunch and everyone's like, it's so you don't leave, like get out of the building. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> um, but it, no, but it was, but it was nice. Um, but you know, being able to, educate other people on it because then all of a sudden you're in your thirties and then maybe, you know, and everyone's different, but a lot of people are starting families wanting to buy a house. And then all of a sudden they're going like, Oh shit, you know, I'm not prepared for this or I wasn't prepared for that. Like I couldn't have left my job in a comfortable situation, started my business, not made money for two years. If I didn't have backup plans um, behind the scenes. And I was also married to someone that had really good health benefits. So I don't want to take that for granted either and make it sound like I did everything on my own. I didn't. Um, but there was a financial plan behind how much, how long could I go without bringing in X amount of income? What does that look like for the family? What changes do we have to make where I was able to make that decision? And friends of mine that wanted the option just weren't prepared. And you know, they were just like, how come no one ever talked to me about investing? How come no one ever went with this? And then the other obstacles that I saw were a lot of friends of mine that had um, spouses that were married, or maybe they were planning on getting married, were having a really difficult time talking about their finances together. And so as I was, as soon as I left my job, I had so many friends of mine calling me and asking me all of these really personal financial questions. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I should start a business around this. So that's kind of where it came from. Just frustrated that we're not taught a lot of these basic skills at a younger age, because it's part of life. It's part of how we're going to, you know, even pick your own medical benefits and those kind of things that we're just not taught that I just felt like there was this gaping hole. And then many of us who want to be entrepreneurs, a lot of times it's not just passion driven. Mine was a practical thing. If I had to work the hours that I was working and maintain it that way, we would have had to have a nanny or somebody come in the morning to, you know, take care of and then have somebody come in the, you know, late afternoon evenings. And that's like, you're asking someone to work 12, 15 hours, or you have to get two people to work 
because you know it's rare that somebody only works 40 hours anymore you're working a lot more than that that it came out of practicality of like this just doesn't make sense for our family right now um and then this this idea was born so i think for a lot of people we're we're trying to keep our toe in the water of staying in the workforce also trying to take care of our families and the way that we do it is oftentimes we have to create it for ourselves so having the financial knowledge behind the scenes of yes i have an idea this can make sense i can get into all the different things that are going to make me money but how am i going to be able to run this business grow this business sustain uh, my income that kind of thing is is really important to understand so you don't feel like you failed if it didn't work the first time because you kind of have the financial knowledge behind the scenes. Well, I love what you say on your website, how you say, but if we don't take care of ourselves now, no one will be there with a blank check when we hit these important milestones. Yeah. And that's, that's the truth, right? It's like a lot We're and it's so hard because there's so many things being thrown at us all the time. I think we were just chatting before nothing ever goes according to plan, right? It's like, I can plan no. <laughs> as much as I want. I mean, since September, I have two weeks in a row that my kids have been in school. So when you try to work on top of that and do everything on top of that, you're constantly scrambling around. So I can plan all I want. It doesn't mean that everything's going according to plan, but the more you're involved with your finances and in, in financial side of your personal life, and the financial side of your business, the more adaptable you are to different situations, you can think more clearly on your feet. And then ultimately, you're making confident financial decisions. I work with a lot of women that are like, you know, up until this point, I've just trusted my gut. And they're like, you know, I, I think I'm kind of getting in front of people when they're at a point where their businesses are growing. And, and they kind of feel like I actually don't, you know, they have a big decision they have to make. And they're like, I don't know if I'm making the right decision because I don't have a formula or a plan. It's I've just kind of been winging it this whole time. And a lot of times that's what helps the business continue to grow. But when we actually sit back, make these, you know, analysis of where you should be making the decisions, you're able to make these financial decisions confidently, not like keeping your fingers crossed. I hope this works or I have six months <laughs> until I you know, run out of money and then we'll see what happens. But it's more like I'm looking at my four different options. These two don't make sense for this between a option A and option B. I'm going to go with option B because and you know the reason then you're way more willing to back yourself up in the future because you have confidence as to why you made that decision. Yeah. So when should someone get a planner, would you say? So it depends. I think if you're looking for like a personal financial plan, and that's the thing, like my business has kind of transitioned back and forth between someone who wants personal finances, but yet they're an entrepreneur or they own a business with, you know, X amount of employees. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually, if we fix the business finances, that's really going to take care of your personal finances. So I think it just depends on how either in control or how knowledgeable you feel about it and where you need help. Because my book, Investing is Your Superpower, is a great guide to take you from A to Z on, on a personal level of how do I start investing? What should I look at? What company should I go to? What investments do I pick? What kind of account do I need to open? There are all these tiny little things that you need to get from you know start to finish. But if you 
are like, yeah, I can read a book, but I'm not really doing anything with it. Then I would ask for help. So I even have, you know, mentors or people that a financial advisor that helps me because you're only going to look at your situation through your lens. And it's really nice to have outside objective perspective that can just guide you a little bit or, or just even spark some ideas um, creatively for you to look at your, your money a little bit differently. So I, I would say any time is a good time. It's also about affordability of what you can afford to work with. And it could be, you know, something that you shoot for to work with later on. So I, I have always leaned on financial mentors um, for my personal life and my business life that I would encourage other to pe people to do that as well. So what do you feel like is a blockage for people like to actually reach out for financial advice? You, you don't know where to start or you don't know what questions to ask, right? That's a lot. I think of many of the women that I work with are incredibly, incredibly knowledgeable in their field. So there is this kind of like, I, and I say ego and I don't mean it in a negative way, but it's like we build this ego or identity around our careers. It's just part of, you know, part of stepping into that role. And then it's like, well, wait a minute, I don't know any of this stuff. So there is this vulnerability or, or some of the women are like, I feel really dumb. I feel dumb yes. asking these questions. And I feel like I should know this. Like, look at me, I have this awesome business and I have all of these and look at my skill sets, but yeah, I don't know these. So there is this part of it where people just don't want to come out and say, I don't know how to do this. And you know, they're even intimidated to ask questions. So that's why in my book or even on the Instagram post, wherever it is, I really try to break it down in just a day-to-day -day language because that's the biggest barrier. And I look at that like if I'm going to see a doctor for my kids and, you know, they have an issue, it's a little intimidating if you go in and they're just rattling off some stuff to you and you leave. You're like, uh, so wait, wait what's my next first step? And I think that's, that's just that barrier. It's us. It's our own like egos in the way, not in a bad way, but we just kind of have to shed that and just go, I don't really care how I'm going to get there, but I, I need to know these answers. And if you're working with someone who's knowledgeable and good in this space, they're going to know what questions to ask you to bring out what your real issues are or what your, what your real questions are. So who cares if you don't know what questions to ask, if you're working with the right person, you'll feel comfortable and they'll be able to break that down. If not, then you're not working with the right person because if you feel it's uncomfortable sometimes just to open up about your finances. So if you don't feel comfortable after like 15 minutes with someone, then they're just not the right person. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> I'm glad you touched on that. Well, and it's kind of like with anything, it's like, it could be your doctor, it could be your hairdresser, it could be a lawyer, anything. It's there's, a, I feel like there's a right person for the right. I guess there's a right professional for the right person. Yeah, I think with hair, that's a really great example. It's like when you find the right person, it's like you will follow them anywhere. You know? Yeah. <laughs> because it is a personal thing. It's and it's like, you know, I think for a lot of women, hair is so much of, of their identity that you don't want to go in to someone that you, you know, just don't feel comfortable with. I mean, they're really getting to know you and the more you go, this person, you know, becomes your friend or part of your life that it has to be this comfortable. You don't want to every time you're going in like, oh, this is going to be awkward. I don't want to, I don't want to see this person. <laughs> yeah. So how, like what questions, like if someone, okay, let me rewind real quick. So your services, are those just to California or can you service anyone in the United States? Well, I'm providing education so I can help anyone in the United States. So if someone were to come to me and say, oh, I you know, want to know what stocks to buy, I don't give that kind of 
advice or guidance around that. It's more so, you know, trying to get their financial life in order and there's everybody's different. So there's not just one specific formula that I follow. Um, but that is really me providing financial education and not exactly telling somebody what to do, but just really breaking down where are they? What, where's their starting point? It's almost like, you know, when you're going on a trip, like if we were to go up to Yosemite and we know that's our final destination, well, I need to know how to get there, right? Without our GPS, it's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna know how to get there. You're not just gonna start driving <laughs> aimlessly. So it's kind of the same thing as just breaking down, where is your starting point? Where do you wanna go? And then we kind of lay out all the different options to get there. And then you're kind of choosing basically your own financial adventure along the way of what am I willing to sacrifice? What am I not willing to sacrifice? What were my priorities? Really just making sense of everything that you have going on behind the scenes and giving you a really strong foundation that you know how to make educated financial decisions going forward. You don't always need to know it ahead of time, but once you are more comfortable with how to make these decisions, then you just become a lot more resourceful even for yourself. Yeah, and I think too, it's kind of like an old way of thinking like, well, you can't go out to eat, you can't buy that coffee, you can't do these things. Do you ever like help people budget in their fun? Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, that's how I, I do it. And that's why I call it instead of budgeting, it's like lifestyle. What's your lifestyle? What do you want your lifestyle to be? Because you could save all of your money. Like for example, I have a cousin who lost her father, I think when she was 11 or 12. And my financial background, I am, I was very, for a very long time, afraid to spend money. I was kind of afraid of money, even though I worked in the industry, it was just, I, I felt like this kind of loss mentality that if I were to spend money, it would all disappear. You know, all of these kind of emotional things that we tie to money, everyone's different of what their, their issues are with money. Um, but I remember talking to her and she was like, you don't know that you're going to be here tomorrow. You know, she's like, you don't know how long you're going to be here. And I'm like, for her, that's, and for everyone, like, that's a real thing. You know, she didn't, her father didn't plan on leaving his family so early and she didn't plan on, you know, having this big loss. And so for her, she's not living every day so she can save as much money as she can so she can spend it when she's 80. She's really finding a balance between, yeah, I want to protect myself for the future, but I also need to make sure that I'm living for today. And I think that's really important. And there's, you know, and especially too, if you are an entrepreneur or you're working at a small business, going out for coffee can be a very social thing. You know, I have a coffee date tomorrow with a good friend. And if I were to look at all of the times I'm doing that and like penny pinch, like I shouldn't be doing that. That's just a really crummy way to be living about every single day. If you have, uh, you know, an idea like a coffee fund and you're like, okay, I can spend, you know, $200 on it this month or what, whatever the case is, then you kind of use that towards that. And I think automatically saving that way you're not thinking about it. It's just automatically happening. And the money you have left over, you can kind of play around with a little bit more. I even have like a vacation account that I put money in um, a couple times a year. And then if we're, we want to go to a concert or we want to go on vacation, we pull money out of that account. And every single year we run out of money before the end of the year. And <laughs> it's good for us to see because when we put money in there, like, we're like, there's no way we're going to spend that this year. We, oh, we say that every year. <laughs> and then, you know, by like October it's gone. And we're like, okay, that's a reality check. That's like, 
you know, here, here's where I am as a planner thinking I can do all these things. And then here's my reality. Well, okay, I got to keep it real with myself and not overextend in those areas and just got to say no to a couple things, not everything. Yeah. Well, that's something I had to do. And so in our savings accounts, I had to name them because, or my husband would be like, he's like, I don't know. I just, all that money or, you know, he'd be like, I don't want to save all of it. And I'm like, yeah, but if you look at it, you're like, okay, I'm going to right now put a hundred dollars to travel. This is going to be a hundred dollars to whatever. And when you name it, that really helped me. Oh yeah. That helps me so much. Otherwise too, it's like, you know, I want to log an account and look at a bunch of numbers anyway. It's like, okay, this is my, you know, home improvements account. This is my vacation fund. And then you also, you know, when you are making these decisions of, you know, do we want to go to, you know, Costa Rica for a friend's wedding? It's like, well, can we afford it? And you kind of look at those things and how many other things do you have on the docket for that year or the following year? And it helps you plan for that. And if you're like, yeah, we do want to go on this trip, it's going to cost us, you know, $5,000. And that's what you're saving towards. That feels better to say no to a coffee, you know, because you're like, right. oh, yeah. I'm saying no, I'm, I'm saving a little bit here because I want to go go on this. And I think because we are experiencing a lot of inflation right now that affects our day-to-day spending, like coffee costs are probably going to go up even more. And it's already pretty high if anybody has, you know, alternative milk options. You're like walking out of that coffee shop. (laughs) 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 But you're like, damn, how much did I just spend? But again, it's also like, you know, that that experience, the social element of it too. So um, you definitely want to be cognizant of where you're spending, but not to the point that you feel like you can't. You're not enjoying what you're doing because all you're thinking about is money. That's not, that's not healthy either. That was a a huge mind shift for me. I think it was maybe four or five years ago. Sally Crenshaw, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, I took her course because I used to never let me or my husband, like, we're not going out for coffee because it was just, like, how I was raised by my grandma, you know? And her title of her class was Buy the Coffee, and I was like, I need to listen to this because she's wrong. (laughs) And she was like, if $5 coffee a day is ruining your life, that's not the problem. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's right. Yeah. Well, and even too, for me, like Amazon, you know, it's like, I don't realize, especially with the kids stuff, it's like, you get a little thing, you get a little thing. So, you know, we'll keep it in the cart for a week now. And then my (laughs) husband and I will sit down and we'll talk and we're just like, do we need these things? And, you know, nine out of 10 times, no, we don't, we don't actually need them. Um, And that's, that's been my biggest uh, kind of money, money saver is just being more careful when when I'm going online and doing the Amazon thing. Well, that that thought for me when I moved here because overnight is like mm, three to seven days. <laughs> so the, the joy has been sucked out of that. <laughs> but like you said, you know, you wait this couple of days and then you're like, do I need it? <laughs> no. Yeah, because, you know, it's I think about, you know, when I was growing up, if you needed something, you had to get the whole family in the car. You had to go to the store. You had to pick it out and buy. And my parents both worked long hours. So it wasn't something that they could just pop in and do every single day. So maybe it was like the weekend, Saturday morning, we'd go and I'd be like, I want this and this and this. So they're like, no, you're not getting any of that. You could have this one little thing, you know, or you more got what you needed. And I think that is just making sure that we're, you know, especially not setting our kids up to think they can have anything they want whenever they have it. I think that's um, important too, to show them, to show them that. 
Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I had to stop and think about that. I'm like, man, it's kind of crazy when you break down needs and wants. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it is. And I think like, you know, if you go a little bit deeper into it, I also look at waste, right? It's like, okay, if I'm getting this thing, what is it made out of? What's the purpose of it? Then what's going to happen to it once we're not using it anymore? And there's, you know, there's lots of things you can give to, re-give to other people. And then there's things that, that you can't. And it's like, well, then, okay, well, if this is ultimately going to then go into the earth, do I really need this? And that's kind of what, what I think about now, just, you know, when you're single, you have your own garbage. When you have a family, it's a lot <laughs> of, of waste that you're looking at. And I think that, you know, that also is helping us with making any decisions on what we're purchasing is like, what's going to happen to it after, after we're done using it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially when you have a family of four, you're like, why is the trash can full again? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like, say if someone was like, man, I really want to reach out to her, but I feel like she's going to judge me because I've kind of fucked up my finances in the past, but I'm ready to change it. What would you say to them? Yeah, I'd say now is the best time to start, right? And this is usually when people make changes, right? I think it's, it's great if we're just making changes before something <laughs> bad happens or something, you know, a little like a lot of people will, you know, diet and start exercising when they gain weight, right? It's like, that's something that we do, <laughs> you know, after we kind of go through that and our bodies change and what we eat needs to change and, you know, all of that. And it's the same thing with your finances. My financial life is completely different now than it was two years ago. And two years ago, it was completely different than it was the three years before that. So your, your life is always going to be changing and evolving and you want your finances to grow or adapt with you, depending on what life throws at you. So who cares if you make mistakes in the past? It's, it's good for you to know, to learn from them. And I work with a lot of people now that have made mistakes in the past and they're like, oh yeah, I, I already know the old me would do this, 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 this. Now I'm doing, you know, this other way of thinking. And you kind of have that as a sounding board to just say like, do I want to go back towards that? Or am I trying to get away from that? So I wouldn't hesitate at all. I would be, if anything, that'd be more of a reason, reason to reach out. And so how vulnerable would someone have to be with a financial planner? Like I they think need to throw it all know, on the table, right? <laughs> Yeah, I would say you, you get in what you or you get out of it what you put into it. So the more information you could put into the work that you're doing, the better the outcome's going to be. Um, and I again, I kind of give it to you the same way of, you know, going from San Diego to Yosemite. If you have a vague map and a vague sense of direction, it's like, yeah, maybe you could get there eventually. But if you have really clear specific like turn right here that's going to be get you there a lot sooner and be a lot less painful so it's the same thing when you're working with a you know on your finances is the more information you can provide especially the emotional or, or vulnerable element of it because if if i don't know what your um kind of hiccups are or what are the thorns in your side or what stops you from making decisions then it's good it doesn't matter what decisions might be good for you if you can't emotionally get on board. So I think that's kind of the first step that you want to go through is like, what's been stopping me in the past? What's worked for me? What hasn't worked for me? And then how do we get to the next step from there? Yeah, that's awesome. Because I, I do feel like a lot of finances, especially with women, there it's like there's an emotional attachment to it. And so 
I was just talking to my friend this morning, but I don't know if it's like a shift in things or I'm just surrounding myself with different people, but I feel like everyone's talking more about like money situations openly without like a lot of baggage attached to it. Yeah, it's probably also energy that you're putting out that people are feeling comfortable to talk about that around you because you're, you're, you know, opening up your energy around it. And I think that going through the pandemic, people were forced to talk about talk about it because it was really clear that many industries did not really set people up to have backup for something like this. And it really was an eye opener for a lot of people who either had immediate financial impact or had family members that had immediate financial impact or just saw what was happening and going, wait a minute, if that happened to me and I lost my job tomorrow, I don't have the opportunity to stay in my home. And, you know, it kind of eye opened it and people started talking about it more. And especially there's so many more women in the workforce now being a breadwinner for the family that they are like, I need to talk about this. I need to talk about this with someone. I'm not going to just like, you know, fight this silent battle alone. Let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> this is dumb, but I was watching blind. Yeah. Yeah. Where I they blindly bury that. people. Yeah. But you know, what's crazy is when they started talking about finances, every single woman in the marriage was the breadwinner. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's becoming more and more common. There's more women graduating from college, more women graduating with um, advanced degrees than men. You know, I remember I had a client who was a surgeon and he was in one of the hospitals. He's like, it's all women now. He was like, all the surgeons are women. And he was like, I, he's like, even my own son, he's like, he can't figure out what he wants to do with his life. My daughter's in med school. Like, so <laughs> it, was, it was just interesting because he was, you know, in his seventies and he's like, what, what a different world. It's like, what are you getting out of the house? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's happening? And then his own example of his family was like, my daughter's got it all together. He's like, I don't know what's going on with my son. So that's interesting. <laughs> So do you want to tell us about some of the um, services that you offer? Yeah, right now I am mostly doing one-on-one -on -one consulting um, and for mostly for business owners. And it's, you know, just kind of mapping out their finances um, for their business to make sure that they can make good decisions. And I think anytime you're growing a business, there's so many different things you can spend money on because you're, you know, thinking about growth. So it's also just, taking a step back, looking at what's going to serve your business, what's going to serve your personal life and kind of tying that all together. So I'm doing that um, mostly, you know, six month packages, that kind of thing, because it is a commitment from both of us to, I think what you said, like, make sure you were comfortable with each other, that we can actually really tackle this together. And then if we are, that we're seeing it through, that it's not something you're kind of dipping your toe in the water and then not following through on. Um, and for me as well. So that's primarily what I'm doing right now. I, I would love to do some in-person workshops. Um, I think right now with the pandemic, hopefully dwindling down, that could be more of a possibility, but there's not one uh, scheduled on the docket yet. Very cool. So um, I've ordered your book and I'm very excited to get that by the way. Yay. That's Thank a very you. good place to start. Yeah, well, I've I've been meaning to do it, but I scroll a lot. <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm gonna I'm going to because I I want to I need to read it. I feel like it's so necessary. Just like you know, you say on your website, you say on your social media, and just like you said today, it's like not something that 
is taught in school, right? They're like, here's a recorder. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yep. Definitely. So, yeah. And I tried to, I tried to make it as funny as I possibly could. So hopefully you are laughing in some, some places within the book because it's definitely work. You know, you got to put in the work to look at it, but I try to make it as light as possible, as friendly as possible. Um, so it's not this like dreaded thing that you have to do. Well, in my mind, I still, anytime I think of finances, I just think of some like big, scary old guy, like, and you're not that. So I am not a big, scary already, old guy. <laughs> no, it's immediately a hundred percent better. So if someone was just like on a journey right now, what is like one tip that you would give them to like move the needle forward today? I would reach out to a friend or mentor, family member, somebody that you are comfortable with and just have an open discussion. Have an open discussion about some, you know, things that they've done really well with their money that they're proud of. And if they're comfortable sharing some things they wish they would have done differently. And just to get dialogue going and get perspective from other people too, um, because everyone thinks a little bit differently. So it's always interesting to see how other people make decisions and that could give you some ideas. Maybe you share some stories with them. It could shed some light for them. Um, but I, I think especially older people that are older than you want to kind of give that guidance, um, but maybe don't always feel comfortable just like you know, talking about it if it's not prompted. So I would just reach out to somebody and, and just open, have an open discussion. I like that. Very cool. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? No, I just appreciate you giving me a platform to talk about uh, women and money. I love it. I'm, I just think it's so important. And cause you know, like you said, it's like you could have money and you don't know what to do with it. And it is kind of scary because it's not, if it's not your wheelhouse, how are you going to know? <laughs> yeah. And the, there's all these studies done, but we're, we feel, so I have to say this, right. But you essentially, if you were to lose money, you're twice as upset about it than if you were to win money. So if you win money and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And that level of happiness, let's just say we could measure it. It's like out of 50. When you lose, if you were to lose the same amount of money, your level of sadness or depression around that is at 100. So losing money feels way worse than gaining money. So that, that is like an emotional trigger for lots of people is like information paralysis where they have information about it. They don't want to make a decision because we're so afraid to lose money where we'd be more willing to you know, potentially take a risk if we thought we were going to make some money. So that's yeah. just to keep in mind it is money is very emotional. And it's okay. And I feel like, like, I don't know, like, it's okay to feel emotional about things, but having it oh, educated, yeah. you know, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. I have, you know, 15 plus years of experience in this. I have, every time I do anything, that's a big decision around money. I don't sleep that night. You know, I don't, I have a pit in my stomach. And even though I've gone through all the different scenarios and I feel comfortable in my decision, I physically feel uncomfortable. Well, it's good to know we're not alone then. <laughs> no, <laughs> Even it's, the professionals it's totally feel that way. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, well thank you I'm so excited. much. I will give you a review online once I'm done with the book. And then um, is it cool if I put like a link to the book and everything? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Cool. Well, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye.
You guys already know what to do. Like, comment, subscribe, and share with your motherfucking friends. Bye!